0: What is Off the Groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far, or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack.
1: Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler.
2: Friday, June 12th, 2020, episode number 136.
0: Another Friday is already here. That means it's time to talk some flat track.
2: You're excited this week. Well,
0: I, got, I was kind of getting into the wrestling theme. You know, the flat track fight club was this week, oh, yeah. so I'm kind of pumped up.
2: Yeah. Um, we'll get into that <laughs> here in just a bit. Uh, what else you got going on this week? Nothing?
0: Oh, man. Not a whole lot new here at the homestead. Just uh, ready to go to the racetrack. Uh, did get some good news. Uh, it was posted on Facebook earlier this week. Uh, it's what the people told me because I don't have Facebook. But uh, Terre Haute, Indiana all-star national flat track series june 20th which is next weekend so uh i'm trying to work out a deal with steve nice uh, trying to get there it's it's a pretty far drive for me to get there but uh, i'm trying to see if i can do it because i'm uh, missing the racetrack really bad
2: absolutely and i completely understand that uh on the flip side on some bad news i saw that the barber free classic is actually canceled this year
0: yeah and that's a bummer they've been having that race for 98 years in a row i, I think I think, you know, they could put an asterisk beside it if they decide to continue on next year and, and blame it on the coronavirus or the pandemic or whatever you want to. So I think they can keep the streak alive. I, you know, they're trying so hard. Uh, the Riley family, all of them are trying to get to a hundred years, which is just amazing. I hope they do. Uh, unfortunately they did have to pull the plug for this year.
2: And yeah, I think they've already got next year's on the calendar. So, uh, oh, good. So good. this one's canceled this year, but I think we should definitely turn out in 2021 and show up for that race for sure
0: absolutely i'll be there if i can you know I, if there's not a grand national there i you know that same weekend i'll be there uh but we're just uh, five short weeks away from the season kickoff which sounds weird here we're in the middle of june already but five weeks away we'll be at volusia at uh, volusia speedway park down there in uh just just outside daytona beach a little ways and get the season started so the countdown's on five weeks and uh, it'll be here before we know it i know but uh i'm ready man
2: yeah i'm stoked that we're counting down again to racing i am not stoked that it's going to be in the middle of the summer in florida Whew, that's going to be a hot one but it's going to be hot for everybody so we'll see some awesome half mile racing there in volusia and uh get the 2020 season started finally but uh uh, one more thing before we get into this uh, into this interview for this week, uh, I actually saw you call out the guy who called you out yesterday on the AFT show.
0: Well, I, I did, and only because he kind of called me out on social media, and <laughs> I didn't say nothing. I read it. You know, I read a lot of stuff, and I kind of let some stuff just slide by. But I couldn't pass up the the chance to have my two cents in there. So yeah, Corey Texter called me out on social media a while back about flat track jeopardy and said he he didn't that I didn't want none of that smoke so uh last night on the IT show I had to say bring that smoke to me oh I love it so we're gonna play a little flat track jeopardy coming up here in the next couple of weeks oh it's gonna be fun uh, I'm gonna bring the smoke I'm going to bring the fire. Oh, I love I'm it. I'm going to bring the hurricane. I'm bringing the tornado from oh, Oklahoma. Fantastic. And Corey Texer's going down.
2: I love it. I love to see the trash talking back and forth. Uh, I'm interested to see who the hell wins this thing. We did like an initial round with uh, Brandon Robinson and uh, Jared Van Koy, So that'll come out probably in the next week. And then in the next week, while that's uh, being edited and published, we will probably record uh, the episode, the, the infamous episode with you and Corey. Uh, so, looking forward to that one. Uh, and got to give a shout out to uh, Bert Sumner for providing the questions for this one. Because with somebody like Scotty Dubler and Corey Texter, there's a lot of knowledge there. So we got to talk to somebody to make sure that we're getting the best questions possible. The only person we could go to is Bert Sumner because he is flat track history.
0: Absolutely, him and the history amigos. They know everything, and most of the time. They don't have to look it up. You know, most of yeah. the time, if I text Bert with a question, if, if I'm at a race and not, you know, so and so's getting ready to win, and I'm not sure if he's ever won a national or if I'm not sure if that, say, number 65 has ever won a grand national before, I can text Bert and he texts me right back and he's always right. I mean, always.
2: Hey, Bert. <laughs> hey, Bert um it was no it was a good episode though like seeing or hearing what what cory's uh expecting for the 2020 season uh he's gonna have to defend that number one plate something he's never had to do before i'm um, looking forward to seeing him doing that and you had respoli on as well that's gonna be fun watching those two battle
0: yeah hog spoli he's pretty excited about it on the on the latest motorsports harley davidson and he's teamed up with joe Cop and uh cop was one heck of a writer has been teamed up with latest for a long long time and uh they've got a pretty good team there so if anybody can beat Corey, it might be the rocket james or
2: i love it and i don't know if anybody else caught this but did you just notice that well and you're not on facebook so you probably didn't even see it when they made the post when aft made the post promoting the show a uh, mr johnny lewis commented on that post and he said look oh, forward really? to joining the mix does that mean he's oh, gonna yeah, be okay. on a production because no, he's, he's on royal infield can- right
0: Yes, he'll be in the production twins class, not at all the races. And it's going to be, you know, depending on how much more practice and testing they get done, but he will be in the production twins class. Uh, Originally, the plan was to let him ride in some of the uh, super twins class at some of the TTs and maybe some of the short tracks, but it doesn't look like we have any on the schedule at this moment. There are still two rounds that are to be announced. So uh, yeah, so Johnny Lewis can be up there in the mix.
2: It'll definitely be fun to watch all those boys mix it up in the production twins class this year for sure. Um, Let's get into this week's episode. What do you think? Bring it. So obviously we'll get into this and and talk about some some flat track fight club. Um, But for this week's guest, I thought it only made sense to have the winner of the fight club on this show. What do you think?
0: the man with the golden belt yeah did you think That's that Jared cool. was gonna win it
2: did you think he was gonna win it in the start of
0: it you know what I, I didn't I actually didn't even have him in my top two and I, I'm just being you know honest wow. I thought are
2: you gonna tell him that
0: I am not scared to tell him but <laughs> I, uh, I I you know I really thought cop and carr since both of them have ridden bull tacos and recently and you know in the past couple years at the Springfield short track uh, I figured those two since they had ridden them more recent, would make it to the finals, but it just didn't work out that way, and the pairings didn't didn't make it happen. And, and actually, I was surprised by Smith knocking out Cop. I was really surprised by that.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, you weren't too far off, anyways. I mean, Cop finished what just off the box in fourth place, um, and and Carr with second. Uh, I, I don't know, man. As somebody who never seen, you know, I saw a little Astro Bull Taco event you know, with, with the class of 79, uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, but I've never seen those, those bull tacos raced. I'd never seen Chris Carr throw a leg over a motorcycle. Um, oh, Scotty, that's
0: true. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Cause you started after yeah. he'd already retired. He was actually announcing with me,
2: dude, The the whole event was awesome for me, right? Like sure. You had your technical issues. They were in the middle of nowhere, right. With probably a, a shitty signal out there, but for, you know, what they had to work with, and the talent that was there and the cool bikes that they had to ride, I thought it was an awesome event all around. Like for me watching them go, you know, two by two, uh, and, and race watching Carr and Parker, you know, race, it was just awesome to me. And the track looked pretty damn cool to ride.
0: Yeah. That, you know, some of the notes I made when I watched it, uh, yeah, the audio was terrible and that's not that's nothing we can do. That's something like when we go to a national and we have some technical difficulties, I get it. The track was really neat. I love the drone footage. I know maybe when there's a crowd in the stands, we might not be able to do that, but I saw some, you know, NASCAR was doing that this last Wednesday night at Martinsville, so maybe that's coming in the future. Um, The other thing I have written down here is Ryan Sipes was impressive, and I have three explanation points right beside their explanation marks because that guy can write anything. I'm a huge Ryan Sipes fan, but I'm even a bigger fan of his now because he got on there. He actually beat Smith once. And, yeah. man, hats off. You know That was well, awesome.
2: And I don't think Smith had ridden a Bull Taco either before that event. So, I, mean, I don't know. It was just really cool to see a rider outside of the normal, you know, national event, uh, competing against another rider on a different bike that you've never seen either one of them on before, right? Um I mean hell, even Sammy was mixing it up with Jared in those first races and, and I was like on the edge of my seat. I don't know, it was just super cool for me. Like I mean watching Carr compete against Mies, like he was letting it all hang out and i could just i could see the competitiveness in car and gained you know i i worked with him and you on the broadcast side and i saw how much how serious he takes his job there but you know it's, it's a whole new level watching him race and, and how he's competing
0: <laughs> right you know and and i'm not gonna you know, I'm not going to say that maybe he would have beat Meese, but, you know, the format, the way the last three races were so fast, you know, Meese blew up that bike. So they had a little bit of a break there to catch a little bit of oxygen, you know, or whatever. <laughs> uh, but, you know, cars, Carr's a little bit older. He's, you know, he's yeah. in his early 50s, maybe 54, 55. And Jared's, you know, 34. Um, he should be fit. He's ready to go for the season. But, you know, it is what it is. And my hat's off to Jared for beating the champ, Chris Carr. And man, it was, it was a great event. One more thing before we move on is I liked the extra commentary by the riders as they came off the track, yeah. you know, and sometimes we don't get that. I mean, yeah. uh, we used to get some of those interviews at AFT and now it's, you know, the AFT Nationals are so jam-packed. They, they go back to their pit area, start making changes for the next race, and, and we don't get to even hear from them until the podium's at the end. But, you know, just to hear their insights and hear their color commentary, and Terry Reimer even got in, in that game for a little bit and was adding what he was seeing. And, uh, man, I just, again, I thought it was a great event. Uh, look forward to see if they're gonna do it again
2: i I love it man love to see some people putting on an event you know outside of what we're used to seeing on the national side of things and seeing getting to learn these who these riders are a little bit more seeing them on some different equipment and having some fun man it looked to me the coolest one of the coolest parts was watching the riders respond to the event and they just all looked like they were having a freaking blast out there right they were stoked about about the event in, in general so it's cool to see
0: It was awesome. So uh, I I can't wait to talk to the champion of the first ever flat
2: track fight club. Well, first, before we call him, we got to We got to thank Nicole because it's actually her birthday today when we're recording this. So she's so we're actually dipping into Nicole Meese's birthday time. So really appreciate Jared, but more so appreciate Nicole giving up some of her birthday time to let us talk to the fight club champion, Jared Meese.
0: what's happening dude what's up champ oh what's up man how are you nothing man how are you i'm doing good yeah are you are you still uh, snacking on some victory soup or i mean it sounds like you're eating you just got a big old victory i mean what, do you, what are you celebrating with
1: i got a monster in my hand right now
0: and of course uh, i had some peanuts in my hand
1: and that's about it. Just I got you. Dinner, and
0: I just grabbed a handful of peanuts. I got you, man. Oh, I, I, I just—you—you you caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting peanuts.
1: <laughs> what were you thinking? It was going to be like Snickers or something. I,
0: well, I was thinking, you know, it's Nicole's birthday. I was thinking maybe some birthday cake or, or something nice, you know, but not peanuts.
1: Man, I asked her last night. I was like, "What kind of cake you want?" And she shrugged her yeah. shoulders. Yeah. So then, like today, you know, rolled into her day, birthday, you know, and I'm like, hey, well, do you want to go with some ice cream? And she's like, shrug her shoulders, and I was like, <laughs> well, all right, well, I said, you want you want to have a beer? No, I already
0: had a drink earlier today. Oh, so wasn't there for that one. <laughs> so, so who had the beer? Who who'd she have the beer with? You, did you figure that out?
1: I think she went over to her. Uh, sister-in-laws and hung out by the pool for a little bit and all right must have right. must have mixed one up i got you all right well so uh I was, looking for, I was looking forward to having a beer maybe and or you know cake or ice cream or something yeah <laughs> Because she doesn't want nothing it i'm i guess i don't get none
0: tonight man i guess you could go go to the store and get some real quick i mean you could have your own i guess
1: <laughs> wouldn't that be I walk in the front door with ice cream in and be like hey you didn't say you didn't want
0: that you know, yeah, do, do it do it I dare you do it just say the champ wanted ice cream I got this belt and I wanted ice cream yeah I'd be like
1: hey I'm celebrating my win and your birthday at the same time
0: <laughs> that's perfect man perfect let's uh <laughs> let's talk about it man did you do you ever think that you'd win a WWE style belt racing flat track
1: no, not really. I mean, it was cool. I mean, um, you know, with the whole pandemic and everything, I got to be pretty good with uh, Rob Vitus over the years. And then when I found out about the Moto Fight Club thing, you know, and he was kind of had something to do with it, I gave him a call and we started kind of just talking back and forth and he's like, let me, you know, he's always joking around. He's like, after I save motocross, I'll come and save fast fly track. So he <laughs> called me back a little bit later and he just started, you know, kind of talking a little bit about it. And, um, I had a a little bit of a different idea and vision, which I might actually try to continue to proceed with it. It actually still includes the bull taco, but um, you know, we started talking about like the legends and doing something cool with that. And you know, the problem is the the thing that first popped in my mind was like, yeah, of course, like Scotty and Chris and Jay, but them guys aren't going to jump on, you know, no XR seven fifty or FTR Indian or anything like that and send it down the straightaway at a mile or a short track or TT or anything like it's just too much. So then yeah. we were kind of stuck on the idea of doing road Texas for a second. Ooh. You know, I wanted to either do like a road tax or a will or something just because, you know, I got a really good relationship with, uh, Indian. And then, you know, the other guys got with Harley. So, you know, I didn't really mm-hmm. want to get on a big exposure thing on and, and be on, you know, another brand that they conflict with. So we were, right. we were stuck on the road Tex thing for a second. And, um, same thing, you know, like the road Texas is just a little fast and, you know, just too much speed really. and, You know, I just didn't think the guys would be really into it. Plus, you know, we wanted to be able to source the bikes and have them somewhat be equal. And man, with a Rotex, you know, there's 400cc Rotexes all the way up to 700cc Rotexes, you know what I mean? So getting some that are, you know, dead nuts equal and stuff would probably be a little hard. Um, yeah, so then we were man. like, man, you know, what's, what's a good icon in the sport. And we were like bull tacos. And I was like, man, that's cool. You know, like I've never raced a bull taco and neither did the other, you know, three other younger dudes. And then the other guys all raced bull tacos, you know, I think in their career at one time, I don't know about if Joe did, but I know Springer and Chris and, uh, Parker did, and you know they've all rode them since then. So anyway, just long story short, really, uh, it just came down to let's bull tacos, and we started making some phone calls and kind of just started putting it together, and it turned out to be pretty cool at the end. I was a little worried, like you know, the last thing I wanted to see happen was like the racetrack groove up to this narrow little blue line groove notch around the bottom, and you know, like it'd be kind of boring follow the leader on these you know bull tacos that could be slow the racetrack that we got to race on like there wasn't another racetrack that we could have went to that would have been better like this was the perfect track to have the whole race and the whole atmosphere like it was perfect like the racetrack was so cool so much fun I mean we were all smiling from ear to ear and I think it turned out a lot better than what I expected it to be you know what I mean it could have went either way but the the fans all over social media were like really into it and real responsive and, uh, real positive. So I I was really happy with it.
0: Yeah, I was too. And I didn't realize that you had a role in any, in any making it happen. So was it hard to convince those other guys to, to, to join in and come play?
1: No, once I kind of like talked to Rob back and forth a little bit, he ended up kind of getting with Terry Reimer and then they kind of took the lead on most of it. Like I said, my idea was a little bit different. And like I said, I'm not going to – I don't want my idea out just yet. I want to try to put right, it together sure. still. But uh, it kind of rolled into into the brackets and having four legends and four <laughs> younger guys. And, and it kind of got taken – like I said the Bull Taco thing, and I you know threw out there a few things. And then they kind of took it in a different direction, which wasn't bad. I mean it was a – it was cool. Like it was just not the direction that I was thinking. It was just different. And, um, so they kind of started putting it together and, uh, you know, we reached out to pretty much everybody and one didn't really have any interest in doing it. So we're like, man, we want to be something just cool, unique. And we're a big fan of Ryan Sipes of, you know, how he mm-hmm. does everything. You know what I mean? Like, I just thought that it was cool that, Hey man, it'd be cool to teach you on an old school bull taco. And, you know, we were trying to attract a, a big following, you know what I mean? Like that was honestly, one of the big reasons too, like Phypes has got a, a, a really a big following, but a different following than just like Sammy and myself and Parker and Springer and Brian, you know what I mean? Like, so we were just like trying to do some different attractive stuff. And I think it was cool. I mean, Ryan's an awesome dude too. For him to do all the disciplines of what he does, I thought it was in you know, a little fitting for sure.
0: Yeah, and you know, that was, I, I think I was most impressed with him and his riding on a bike he's never even, you know, dreamed of. I, he's never flat tracked on a two stroke for sure, and it's just totally different. To, to switch gears back to the racetrack for just a second, how did you guys find the racetrack? And it didn't look like you guys had to even touch the track during that whole night. I think it, it, it held together perfect.
1: Yeah, the racetrack was found by Rob. He, he bounced it off myself. It was at Western Reserve in Salem, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I raced there once before, and when I raced it, that was my scare. Was I raced it during the day, and it grooved up so it used to be like a blue line, right around the bottom, and it wasn't like bad or anything. It was smooth, but you know how it is—like daytime blue groove right around the bottom, mm-hmm. skittery off the off the groove. I was like, yeah, man, I hope it doesn't get. Well, I guess they did some stuff to the racetrack since I was there back whenever that was, 2012 or 13. I don't I don't remember now, but. And we ended up like delaying practice and running practice really late. I think we started practice at like six o'clock. So we didn't get on it. Plus, you know, there was only eight of us and you know, the, the, the bikes are under power, so they didn't take rubber and stuff. So, and then, yeah, they threw some water on it. And then when the night program come, they didn't touch the racetrack. So that was another like real big benefit was the track was so good. So cool all night long and we didn't touch it. Like there was some bumps that formed and some of the lines came back down the bottom and just like a normal racetrack would, but like to not have to go out there and break and like drag the track Mm -hmm. was like exactly what you needed to have happen. You know what I mean? To run that kind of a format show. So it was, um, there wasn't a better track. You know, all of us agree after it was all over, like, man, if you were faster, you could, you could turn and go underneath or you could go around or whatever. Like, and they had this like hill, going down the back straightaway, like this, uh, like banking hill, and man, the first, yeah. the first race out with me and Halbert, like we went at it, like, you know, <laughs> like you know, we went at it a little too hard. I thought, like I was not <laughs> expecting that. And that guy was like, I thought there was a million dollars laying after the the flag or something like that, but I won it. There was no million dollars, but the way he was riding, he was like, Holy smokes, dude. First go out. This guy was not holding back.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, you guys, you know, have raced each other, you know, I've called you guys racing each other for forever, you know, the slammer and the jammer always, and you always get together. So I thought it was really cool that you had him in the first round and you made really quick work out of that. Um, was that somebody that you thought you'd have to beat later on or was that somebody that, that you were expecting to do well down there? Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean,
0: you know, Halbert's
1: tough, you know, pretty much no matter what, especially on the singles and, I mean, I think he probably would would say, like, right now, like, when we both, you know, no, when we both found out, like, our first go is each other, you know, I felt like, oh, man, this could be, like, my toughest race of the night right away. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it could yeah. be. And, it, and honestly, like, probably, me and Smith went at it pretty damn good, too. And so did I and Chris. But I guess I just wasn't, I guess it was a good thing, like, <laughs> I guess he, like, poked the bear right away, man, because... He he like we went out there, and I was like, man, let's you know, let's you know stay together and you know try to try to make a you know high low each other and you know have some fun or whatever He's like, yeah, 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 we go in the first corner, and that guy doesn't lift or doesn't turn <laughs> you know what I mean? and, I, and I find myself exiting yeah. turn two up on the the, the, on the wall. And wall'm like, and I just started like it was like the taste of blood, I'm like this." This son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) this guy had this. This my playing around and his playing around were just a little different. So Uh we went at it, and then the second time I was out, I was like, man, I don't know what this guy's gonna do. So I'm kind of gonna, you know, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to go, you know, and put him away because he was my biggest worry, and I wanted to move on. And I didn't know what the hell he was gonna do after that first one. So I right, right. I got rid of this guy, and then me and Smith had some good battles. I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I to try to two-oh, two-oh him and go, but he got me there at the end. He had some really good speed in, in the three and four corner there, turns three and four, but um, it was cool. It really was cool. I got a good bike. Uh, I got uh, Tim Estes in the Bull Taco, um, tuned by uh, Mike Weddington, and I guess it's the one that Charlie Roberts always rides. Mm hmm. And uh, it's funny, you know, like all the riders, we all show up and we were all talking about it, like me and Sammy and Brian and like I show up there and, you know, these guys take good care of their bull tacos. You know, they're like pristine, all polished cases, you know, and we show up and there was four teams there and each team had two bikes. So there was teams walk up to them. They're all like, as you're walking away, they're like, these are the best two bull tacos of the pit area. <laughs> like,
0: every, <laughs> every
1: team owner said that. Like, I'm not kidding you, dude. Like the uh-huh. team owner was like, Hey man, you want to draw the, one of these bikes? These are the best ones here. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I was just like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Hell man. Like after, when the first guy said that, you know, the very first guy I walked up to was talking to was actually, uh, The guy that Sammy Habert and Brian Smith rode for, he told me that, you know, he had me convinced. And I'm not saying his boy taco didn't run good, but this guy had me, like, convinced, like, you know, he knew that his bikes were the best. And then I walk up to, like, Chris Hawkins, and and after the third round, I'm like, oh, these guys are all proud of their stuff, man. These guys are really, really excited about this deal. And, you know, I was like, you just didn't know, you know what I mean? Because they all look good, and they all say that they were the best in the paddock. But my bike really did run good. I'm sure everybody's going to say that it ran good. <laughs> we we uh, seized her up in the main event. And we had to jump on the other one, which was actually just a smidge better.
0: <laughs> so wow! It was good i was i was gonna bring that up i mean i know i know you seized that one up and then just hopping straight off of that bike and hopping on another one that you never ridden or did you ride that one earlier and then how hard was it just hopping on a different bike i mean as a professional racer you have to do that every once in a while but this is a bike you've never even sat on before right
1: no i didn't it was actually the one that Sipes was on and uh sites was actually so-called my teammate there he was on um the other esteson Boltaco. i believe jackie mitchell owned that one to be perfectly honest with her him and tim collaborate on the cost of it i I don't really know but it's a class of 79 bike tim esteson um bike and uh but since ryan was out they just grabbed that thing and they got it and uh, man he's so he's so tall and and he's a lot taller than me and uh you know, he's a motocross guy. So he had these flat track bars like folded pretty far forward. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> man, dude, I could shave a tent right now, but I just rolling the hand Roll, bar roll back. these back, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> roll these things back. But it was good. It was solid. It actually had a little bit more punch off the bottom, which was actually a little bit better there. And uh, it might have like ran out of steam a little bit quicker than the other one I was riding. But, man, we were screaming the crap out of these things. Like, they have a rev living like a 450 or an Indian, you know, they're like a yeah. Rotex <laughs> or something where they just, uh, you know, you're like, hey, man, how do you know when these things, you know, are running out of gear? Oh, you'll know. They just stop you'll, pulling. You'll <laughs> like, feel oh, it, okay, yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll
0: feel it. Or they, or they lock up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah.
1: it was, the one that I was on earlier in practice, it felt like it ran out of steam. And then all of a sudden, a minute, minute I was thinking like, man, this thing's running out of steam. All of a sudden, it would start growing legs. Like,
0: huh. This
1: thing, this thing zings.
0: Wow. So, so let's yeah, let's talk yeah. about the let's yeah, let's talk about the semifinal for just a second. I mean, you had Brian Smith and Joe Cop and honestly, Jared, before we even, you know, started talking about the races, I had Cop and Carr going to the finals, and then you were surprised to me all night long. Uh, but the semifinals, Smith beat Cop in, in a one race shootout. So were you surprised at all in that?
1: Them guy uh yeah, that's I think them guys just had to run one round. I don't know why. In the main event we ran best out of three and then the MI they ran just one. Originally I think on the sheet it actually said um both both finals were just gonna be one race only. But uh they changed it. When we had a riders meeting thing, they changed it and I think we all voted on best out of three. I think that was cool that way. I mean, well, for me it definitely was because Yeah, Car would have won. Yeah, Car would have definitely won. I wouldn't had a shot but um yeah, I I, uh, I would say honestly, like it's not a big surprise, but I kind of I kind of thought Cop was gonna be because I, I mean I see the brackets how it was lined up and I was like mm-hmm. okay well there's definitely gonna be a legend and a current guy in the main event just because of the way the bracket formed. So, like going you know thinking about it and everything, I was like man, I I bet. You know, I, I really think it's going to be Joe. You know, not taking anything away from Chris or Parker. I mean, in mm-hmm. their day, them, them guys were the best. But you know, Joe's very, very active on the bike still with his son, and you know, he he rides the Bull taco at a lot of those Bull Taco or astro races that they have, and he'll jump on a 450 every once in a while and race, you know, local stuff, and seems to stay, you know, keep in pretty decent shape where. You know, Chris, God, I don't even know when the last time he actually rode or raced anything, to be honest with you, you know. And um, right. when we first took off in practice, like I threw a stopwatch on Chris and Cop and, you know, Sammy or whatever on my phone or whatever, just seeing what they were turning versus what I was. And car was quite a bit off like what I was turning, and Joe was pretty good. But I will say this, like every time Chris got on, you know, got out there and raced, he, he just like looked better and better and better. And like, it was, it was really crazy how quick he, he looked like he came back to himself other than, you know, he was out of shape, but other than, you know, his style, the way he moved on the bike, Mm -hmm. the way he brought the bike back in line, like just the, you know, Chris Carr style, you know what I mean? Like you just, you just see that, you know, perfect form in the middle of the corner, but that started coming back. And, and all of a sudden when he beat Joe, I was like, man, that was, and you know, that was impressive because you know joe still can go to the races right now in my opinion and line up and run up front so yeah um yeah chris was chris was actually very impressive in my opinion
0: yeah chris really was and that was in my notes you know as i watched it you know that was like number three on my notes his car got faster and faster every time he got on the bike and i don't know if it's because he he was knocking more dust off because it'd been a while or he just, it was just coming back to him or, you know, but, and he just started having fun too. You can see he's really smiling. Yeah, he got winded, but he was having fun out there and, and he didn't make it easy for you at all. I think you guys put on one heck of a battle for that, you know, for the win, especially in race number two where, you know, you had to win. Uh, what, a, what a great finals. And, and I'm glad there was actually three races for that final.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it was just him getting more and more comfortable. I mean, there's not, really too many adjustments and knobs on those bull tacos to really twist and turn. I mean, you can literally preload the shocks or, or take preload off and raise and lower the front end and, you know, some jetting and stuff like that. Um, Mike Weddington actually on my bike, like drilled the top of these, I guess they're Seriani forks or Mars. I don't know what kind of forks are there. Bull taco or Astro forks, I guess. Right. And, he like put this uh, preload adjuster coming through the top. It's actually a pretty cool little neat thing. And uh, so he was able to like preload my forks a little bit more, which was, I don't think anybody else had that. So that was cool. Um, But other than that, they don't have very many adjustments to get, you know, the tweak on to get better. So I think it was, yeah, it was just Chris knocking the dust off and getting more and more comfortable out there and more into his own. And, you know, that second race on, I mean, there wasn't no holding back for me. I mean, I know he wanted to probably win it and knock me out because he was gassed pretty good for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he'd been off the bike for a long time. So I got one more question about the Fight Club. I got a few more questions about 2020. But um, w- will you come back to defend your title if they have a Fight Club 2.0? And do you think it'll be this year or maybe next year? Or have you guys even talked about that?
1: Uh, I don't think it's been talked about. I know it had. No, I, I mean, if it has, I don't know anything about it. But hell yeah, I'll definitely. I'd love to come back and and ride the thing again. I had a blast. I mean, no no bullshit. I really had a great time on the thing. I needed that. Like it was it was yeah. fun. I mean, it was. Um, you know, we haven't raced. I mean, I raced Travelers Rest a few weeks ago, and you know, it was okay there. But you know, this here was a lot of fun and uh, no pressure and just you know, battling with a lot of friends and buddies and, and legends. And it was, it was cool. Like the whole round table thing was a lot of fun the night before and smack talk on one another and, and all the yeah. fun, you know, and, right, you know, I never, and the thing is too, is like, I know it's, you know, a cheesy way to say that I raced Scotty Parker, but like, I never got to race Scotty Parker, like never, you know, he was, wow. he was done before I got going. So at least cool. I can say, well, yeah, I raced him in this exhibition race, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know you know, everybody needed that. You know, everybody needed some racing. It's cool that it was in the middle of the week and not on a the weekend. There's nothing else going on. And I think everybody enjoyed it. Um well, you just mentioned travelers rest a little bit ago. Um how did that go and, and did you did you have fun? I mean that knocked the cobwebs off and get you a little race fix for a little while?
1: Yeah, I mean I think the, the turnout that they that they had wasn't what they were expecting to have. It was way more, and you mm-hmm. know I mean, I'm sure everybody heard it went very very late in the night, and it was good that you know the response of going was huge. I mean it was you know damn near national. You had you know the other Indian team there, and and uh, Harley was there. Esteson was where were there. Lots of uh, all the roof system guys were there except for uh, a couple. So I mean it was it was good in that respect. Uh, it got ran really, really late at night, and I won both my heat races, and I felt really good, actually. I was coming, uh, kind of coming into my own and went out there and knew it was running late, and I jumped to start. <laughs> went oh, to the no. back row, and I, yeah, I think there was like eight laps or something like that, and I got up to fourth. Yeah, I got up to fourth. And then the other one, me and Carver kind of messed around with each other way too long, and um, I ran Bronson down, from a pretty good little ways in a, in a short time, and damn, there had him at the line like it was so close at the line. You could have, you know, you almost needed a finish line camera to, to to see who won it. I mean, he got me, but it was it was really close. But anyway, biggest thing was I felt really good, and I had a lot of had a lot of uh, had a lot of speed. I felt like so I was pretty happy with that. The track was as another thing too. The track was awesome, like no bones about it. That track was so much fun to ride they had a, they had it prepped awesome. You can kind of ride wherever you wanted. And same thing, if you were, if you were faster than the guy in front of you for how small the track was, you could pretty much work the guy and get around them. I mean, like I said, I came off third row and then eight laps caught up to fourth place. And then, you know, the track is it's not a half mile by any means. It's pretty small. Right. Uh, so i mean i i had my bike geared i think for third gear and i think i ended up having to go to second it was that small but it was really oh, wow. racy and yeah it was a real racy and a lot of fun so um, That's cool it was good it was good yeah right
0: on, right on. well the, the 2020 schedule for aft was just released a little while ago but before it was released to the public i'm sure you got to look at it as a race promoter and had to work things out so uh what were your thoughts when you first heard the, the proposed schedule you know with all the double headers and stuff what were your thoughts about it
1: yeah, I mean, I think I think the doubleheader thing is really the, the way to go with just how late we're going to be getting going, and you know, I think uh, it's going to be a little bit easier on teams to be able to do that because if not, if you would have to condense, you know, 18 different locations, um, you know, starting in in the middle of July. I mean, in the middle of July, on the normal schedule, we'd almost be we would be over halfway or at halfway. Mm-hmm. so it would be almost impossible to do 18 separate weekends. We'd have to run into like pff, Christmas or something, you know? So, right. uh, right. that and, and that, and you know, the, the venues, like there's, there's spots in the, uh, in the country right now where, you know, you might not see a sporting event happen at all, you know? And actually the one of them is, uh, the state of Michigan where I'm currently at, you know, you know, I don't know if they're going to see anything happen this year. So, yeah. um, you know, it seems like the southern, the southeast stuff down there, like Florida and Georgia, South Carolina. For some reason, they're able to kind of march forward on a on a normal uh, on a normal case. You know, so I, I'm I'm I mean, at this point in time, I mean it's it is what it is. I'm glad that we're going to be able to go racing. Um, it stinks that we're not going to be able to to go to some of the cool venues. Like I oh, was really looking forward to going back to like Oklahoma City. Um, you know the Sacramento miles not gonna be on, so that's a mm-hmm. huge bummer you know TT TT's not on. that's a huge bummer. So you know there's a lot of a lot of bummers about it, but at the end of the day, like uh, get 2020 in and man, I don't know about anybody else, but I can't wait until January first, two thousand twenty-one, ahead, Sam, because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm over twenty twenty, dude. Like, yeah. I'm over it, just everything—the the rioting, <laughs> the COVID nineteen. It's like, hopefully, you know, everything for twenty twenty-one. You know, starting twenty twenty-one, all the restrictions will be completely off, and we can move forward and kind of live a normal life, you know.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice to kind of hit the little fast-forward button and start over in, in January. But uh, how hard was it to make the decision to move Lima? You know, it's been the last week in June for as long as I can remember, uh, probably since they started the event there. But now it's going to be the last week in July, and it's a double header. So, first off, how hard was it to move, you know, one month later? And then how hard was it to make the decision to do a double header there?
1: Uh, it was um, – I mean, anytime you got to postpone your event, it's tough, you know, but – it was pretty good. Cause at the time, I mean, I, you know, we smelled it all coming, you know, kind of coming and, you know, financially we didn't really put much out yet. You know, we usually started ramping up the, the advertising and stuff like that in may and, you know, posters and stuff like that. We, we usually start getting printed like right after Daytona and uh, like I got my t-shirt design all done right before Daytona, but we usually don't hit the play button on that. So middle of April, of April. So, Like financially, I wasn't really invested too deep yet into it. So that was a a real big positive thing was, you know, I didn't really lose out on much and I was able to not have to reprint posters or reprint uh, T-shirts or anything like that. So that was a a huge plus. Um, But it was a big bummer. But, you know, thankfully, you know, all the fans have been super responsive. We've had a few people that said that they couldn't make it, which is, you know, we understand. We had a few people that said, hey, you know, we're – we're on the older side of things and we don't really feel comfortable and we don't want to take the chance. And, uh-huh. um, you know, we understand on that. And then we had those same, we had a few of those same exact people, um, call us back a couple weeks later and was like, you know what, we're willing to take the chance. We just want to get out of here and go see some racing. And we, we didn't know it was going to be a double header and we we're so, so we we're stoked to go there and see a double header. So majority of the people that already had tickets prepaid for, you know, the last Saturday in June have all come back to get tickets for Friday night. Um, we've had some come back out of the woodwork just to, Hey, we, you know, we haven't been in years. want to come watch two races. That's awesome. So the response was really good. And, uh, you know, I really hope, you know, things can, can continue to look as good as they're looking right now. And we have two successful, decent races and, you know, can kind of walk away with it and, and, uh, not, you know not be behind the eight ball with it you know it was good because like this year was going to look pretty good for us we we actually got the event paid off after last year you know we were we were we invested pretty heavy into it in the very beginning and you know things started looking like they were going to be paid off and going to continue to be paying off so we we're we were pretty excited for 2020 but you know at this point in time i think if we can just uh get through the weekend and have two good races and then you know like i said start over for next year um yeah that's what we're we're focusing on at this point
0: Cool. well i'm surprised you're not sold out already you know one night of lima half mile racing is awesome but two nights in a row i I, man, i can't wait myself and i know a lot of fans are in the same boat because you know it's some of the best racing that's on the circuit that's for sure and uh, speaking of the races there's no tts for the super twins class uh is that a good thing or a bad thing for you
1: I guess it would just depend on who you're battling with in the championship. I mean, I think everybody expects me and Brier to be the guys again. And, um, I expect of course, Brier to be, you know, the guy to beat. So, you know, for me versus him on the TTs, I would say last year he was stronger on the TTs for sure. I mean, how he won two of them. And, um, I think, you know, the one I crashed at a Daytona or broke at Daytona and, You know Buffalo Chip. I think he crashed at, but uh, he was rolling good. So the TTs, I would you know, I would say that he probably has a little bit more of the upper hand. But in in the flip side of that is, I mean, there's right now only um, two miles, and that's Springfield. And you know, I feel like I have a little bit more of the upper hand on the miles than than he does. So I think it kind of plays hand in hand. And you know, last year he showed a lot of strength in those slippery clay half miles, and um, that was always like you know my my forte and my strong point through the off season, we kind of, we went to back to the drawing board and, and, um, you know, picked up on a few things that, uh, we might've been missing the boat on and, and, and applied a few things lately at, at some testing and stuff like that, that we felt like we've gained a little bit on like traveler's rest. We've tried some things and some different combinations, you know? So it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, a couple of years ago, this setup over here was, was able to work good. And, um, you know, we won a lot of races with that certain combination and setup that we had. And then, you know, Briar and Zanotti got together and, you know, they elevated things and made things better. So you kind of had to go back to the drawing board and figure out how to, you know, beat the setup that you currently were running that was working so good to beat everybody else to continue to try to beat, you know, the guys that were excelling, you know, like Dave and, and, uh, and Briar. So, you know, it's one of those things that you can't, you can't let that motto get in front of, you know, excelling your setup and excelling as a rider and things like that. So, uh, I'm excited for the season. I think there's definitely some good racetracks on there for me, um, for 2020 for sure. And the one thing about the TTS key too, I mean, like just like Buffalo Chip for example, I mean, he, he crashed what twice and once in the main event and then once in the, in the heat race there. And, you get behind it at a place like buffalo chip or even you know even daytona for that example it's hard to make a lot of time up and and gain a lot of spots in those tt's you got to basically start out front or on that front line all day long or your works cut out for you you know so anything can happen on the tt's i mean he, he, you know Breyer could be the fastest guy and have a, have an oops and it it puts a feather in my cap like i said like like buffalo chip so it's uh it's one of those things but Yeah. No TTs this year. It's unfortunate. You know, I think the Grand national champion has always been crowned to have the four different disciplines. And, you know, unfortunately this year is going to kind of, you know, have that, uh, that mark. There was no TT.
0: Yeah. Um, A couple of new races. I mean, one's not brand new to the schedule, but new to a lot of you guys. Volusia, I think that's going to benefit you and and some of the other riders that race there at the Steve Nace races, the all-star races, you know, leading up to Daytona. And then Devil's Bowl, uh, back on the circuit, hasn't been on there since like 92, 93, 94, where Will Davis and Steve Moorhead won both half-mile specialists. So with that being said, and you dominate the half-miles usually, um, how excited are you to, to go to Volusia as a national? And then have you ever ridden devil's bowl before?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, man, where, uh, you just can't never like you got to expect the unexpected at all times in flat track. You know what I mean? Like who would have ever thought years ago we would have ended, you know, the season in that little tiny Las Vegas, uh, short <laughs> track out there in New Orleans. Right like what, eight weeks after the the race before, the week before Thanksgiving were finishing up. You know what I mean? Like you would have never yeah. thought that in a million years that you would end a championship season that late in that little bull ring, you know what I mean? And same thing, like I've went to Barberville. I know I probably have more laps around Barberville than any than other rider on the circuit currently. I mean, I've went and did that race every year as long as I can remember but I would have never thought like, yeah, that would be a grand national, you know, like no way. Right. And then when I kind of heard the rumors about it coming out, I was like, well, I know I got a lot of laps around there and you know, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, they could, they could use calcium chloride and and, uh, water it a little bit differently. And, you know, we're going down there in July, so it's going to be super hot and the racetrack could be, completely hundred percent different than what I've ever raced on it and maybe catch me off guard. Like I could go there like over set up meaning like, all right, I've got a hundred laps around this place. This is what we always ran. And we go out there and completely struggle so bad that we're afraid to change anything because this is what worked, you know, over the years where, you know, Briar or Bronson could show up, not really race there a long time. And just hit it on the head right out of the where right of the gate and go, you know what I mean, so the play can almost play against you sometimes, but if the track's as normal as it usually is, then I feel I feel like we're gonna be uh pretty good i mean yeah. in this bowl, uh, I raced there two thousand and one or two at Formula SA there, and uh it was a pretty cool track. I don't really remember it that good when I first started riding for Kenny. We were set up to go out there and test one year because he's not that far, but we ended up getting canceled out to go or, or something of or rain or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it would be cool going there. I think I think that place has got a better chance of actually getting a, a stronger crowd. Texas Motor Speedways, that was a great facility. We've struggled year after year there with getting the racetrack to be, like, good. Last year was the best we've seen it, and it still wasn't, like, the greatest. But, it was, you know what I mean? It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't the greatest either. So I think uh, I think the racetrack could potentially be a lot better. And I think Devil's Bowl has got your, 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 I think, more of your flat track fan base type crowd that might actually come out and check it out, where Texas Motor Speedway, you know, it's a hit or miss when they race out there. They don't really have that strong of a built-in crowd. So I kind of could see Devil's Bowl actually possibly – going really good to where we actually keep going back there year after year. If, if, if if the response is good, you know, I mean, Texas Motor Speedway, like I said, is a, is a great facility and looks great on TV with the lighting and stuff like that. But, you know, I think, you know, I, I mean, me as a promoter, I would probably be going to devil's bowl myself, but you know, that's an AFT promoted event. And sometimes their ideas aren't what I would you know, their ideas wouldn't be my ideas, but, hey, that's, that's you know, life, right?
0: Sure is. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I can't wait to get back to the Devil's Bowl. That track has gone through a lot of drastic changes. The last time I was there was a Steve Nace race not too long ago, but it's getting better and better. And, and man, they, they packed the stands for the sprint cars. And if we can just get – you know, a 10th of those people to come check out some, some American flat track, I think it'd be great. So I was at Graham's house earlier this week and she was talking about you because she always talks about racing and stuff like that. And she was talking about the, the fight club and and everything. But she said she saw Hayden riding a, riding a new bike. What did you get her?
1: Uh, we got, a uh, one of those Stasics. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we, uh, (laughs) her birthday was, um, May twenty fourth.
0: May
1: twenty fourth yeah, and we <laughs> yeah. were uh, on our way home and Stasic sent us a bike, so I wanna I wanna thank them for that. And yeah. um, we set it all up and she got on it and was kind of like like timid, like, yeah. So I was like, Okay, no big deal, you know. She kind of pushed it around like a like a, almost like a strider type of bike, you know, like just kind of walked it around like she's used to a strider. Yeah, And then her mom came out and kind of, you know, showed her some things or whatever. I'll, before you know it, she twisted the throttle on the thing, put her feet up and kind of was like, you know, a head shaky at first, you know, but she didn't fall or nothing. And before you know it, she was running around in circles. And now we, my next door neighbor's got these like <clears throat> rolling, like little roller jumps for like a pit bike. He's a, he's a motocross guy, actually my next door neighbor. So she always wants to go over there and ride all these rollers. You know what I mean? They're not big rollers or nothing, but she likes to ride up and down these hills. And now she's at the point where, like, we were chasing behind her to make sure she didn't fall. Now she takes off and she looks behind us and she's like, don't help me. Don't follow me. Don't, don't, don't,
0: don't, don't. don't.
1: So she's she's taking it all on herself right now. And so it's cool. I mean, that six got three settings. Obviously right now it's on the lowest setting. So. You know, maybe in the next couple of weeks, I'll bump it up a little bit and see if she notices it and kind of go from yeah. there. But she's she's doing cool. so good with it. Like, yeah, I, I just hope she doesn't ask for a PW50 now. <laughs> no, that's
0: that's next. You know, that's next. So I it know, had, I know. Yeah, it had to been so cool watching, you know, your wife, Nicole, who's, you know, a, an awesome racer when she was racing, teaching Hayden how to do something like that. That had to been such a cool feeling, such a cool family moment.
1: Yeah, it was cool. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I've i made it pretty clear, like, I don't really want her to race, but probably going to be pretty tough to keep her away from racing because, you know, her mom was so good at it and, yeah. you know, obviously myself. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever she wants to do in life is fine with me, but hopefully I can kind of guide her into, like, some golf or something. or You know, I, th- I think she's really into gymnastics, so it would be cool to see her, like, you know, precede that or something, but whatever, you know, whatever. I mean, she likes, she really does like the bike. She probably rides it every day, you <laughs> know, but she doesn't, she doesn't, I mean, she rides it every day, but she'll ride it for 10, 10, minutes, maybe, you know, 15, and then she'll go and ride her little Jeep and then she'll come back and ride it again. So she cool. isn't like, you know, she isn't like stuck on the thing. Like I'm yanking her off of it yet, but she's got a lot of interest. She, you know, bugs me to go out there and ride it. So it's cool it's a really, actually, it's a really neat bike. I mean, it's, it's cool, but it's like a, it's got like a D wall battery that you slide into it and you just unhook it when it's dead and charge it up. It's really a neat bike. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's quiet. It's pretty, you know, robust, structurally wise. It's, it's good. It's a, it's a nice bike. Well,
0: that's really cool, man. I'm, I'm so excited. So I got one more question for you. I, I know I, I, uh, we've talked about this a couple different times at the racetrack and, and, I, I, I've i been trying to get Kenny Tolbert on here forever, and we've tried using my number. We've tried using Chris Carter's number. We've tried using a private number. That dude never answers his phone, and then his mailbox is full. So I actually called him from down there at Volusia and made sure his phone was ringing. He, I was like, where's your phone at? He said, I don't know. He, never, he said, I don't ever know where my phone is. His phone was ringing. He wouldn't answer it, and his mailbox was full. So I want to know. Is there any chance that you call Tolbert on a three-way right now, so we can kind of put him on the spot and see if he'll come on off the groove?
1: Okay, I'll do it, but I got <laughs> I got a hundred bucks, so he don't answer me. Well, you know what he <laughs> might, because I actually laid into him pretty hard recently. Because, dude, it ain't just you; it's me, it's his family, it's <laughs> Craig Rogers. It's just a. It's really, honestly, a, a really bad deal, man. It really <laughs> frustrates me a lot. I'm a very, very relentless and persistent person if you don't yes, know that. I,
0: I know and that, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm the type of guy, dude, that he frustrates me so bad <sighs> that I'll call him and I'll hang up and I'll call him and I'll hang up. I bet you there's been days where I've called him. I'm not crapping you 20 times. <laughs> but those 20 times are in a two-hour period. Right, so right. I I, I mean, I I'll, 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 blow his phone up, text him, call him, dude, call me, call me, call me and then Bubba is just as bad so like if i have to like find out a measurement on something or <laughs> hey man you know i'm making this order can you call me you know do we need some more you know indian motorcycle wheel or whatever it's like dude it's it's impossible sometimes it's very frustrating and i'm not it's not a joke but yeah let's call him up let's see if i can
0: three way yeah can you like can how you how do a three way I, mean, I don't even know if, i don't even know how to do it myself but you're you're definitely younger yeah, and smarter than me call. all right
2: Man, I hope he doesn't. I hope he
1: doesn't answer the phone. Like, I hope he answers the phone because he said a
0: lot of other things before. Hold on. A second. Yeah, yeah. He's probably fishing anyway. If he says something we don't like, we can edit it out. So. dude he didn't answer <laughs> <laughs> I, knew he, I knew he wouldn't I, I knew he wouldn't either but i had to try dude we're out of ideas we've been trying everything i put him on the spot even on the pit walk before and i know you want him on here just as bad as i do so i thought you know we got the champ on here let's give him a call let's see what happens but hey man i definitely appreciate your no, time I know, I know i know I, it's all good man i know it's your wife's birthday we'll let you go but tell nicole happy birthday congratulations on winning the uh the the fight club you know the flat track fight club belt and uh man i cannot wait to see you at the racetrack soon
1: man i can't wait either man i'm really looking forward to it we're what we have five weeks to go so uh yeah just been training doing the normal thing and getting some progress done up here and uh i can't wait to go either and also everybody that uh you know did not tune in to the flat track fight club you know if you go there you know, fightclub.tv or better yet, if you just go to like my Instagram or Facebook and look at my bio, you guys can all go back and check out the race, pay the 20 bucks and watch the entire night. It really was, it was really awesome. Like it turned out a lot better than I thought. And, um, I, I would do it again in a heartbeat for probably free. Like just, just go out and have fun. It was a blast. And, uh, I really, I really think everybody should go out and check it out and, and see, uh, see what they miss. So it was, it was a good time, and uh, I look forward to doing it again really soon, actually. But I don't know. I mean, the whole idea was was, was to do this because of the whole pandemic, and there was no racing. Obviously, if we were racing at the weekend like normal, this probably wouldn't even have been thought of. So uh, it was a lot of fun, like I said. And, uh, yeah, man, I can't wait to go back racing. I've been, been scratching and itching and trying to find projects, and I ended up coming back to Michigan here, and there's too many projects up here now. So <laughs> I
0: got I know how to do. I got gotcha. you. Well, cool, man. Thanks for your time. Tell Nicole happy birthday, and uh, we'll see you soon, bud. Bye, brother. See you Later. The champ is here. The champ is here. The Fight say. Club champ.
2: <laughs> you know that dude's stoked that he's able to call himself a champ again in any form.
0: Absolutely. He's got a championship belt. Nobody else has one of those in flat track.
2: No, they don't. They absolutely will. I mean...
0: Not the number
2: one. Not the number one. You're right. But Chris Carr has a nice silver one, and uh, Brian Smith has a nice bronze one. I I think they went all out with those those belts, too. They look pretty damn good. My question is, when they come back for Fight Club 2.0, are they going to have new belts, or do they have to give up? the belt that they won.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. And I want to know, are they going to go back to the same track? Uh, are they going to go somewhere else? I hope are so they going to ride both tacos again? I mean, there's, you know, the unknown I think is cool. Just dangle it out there. Just say, yeah, we're going to do it again. Things might be different or, you know, I think it'd be cool. And at the end of the, uh, the broadcast, they said maybe Kenny Roberts, maybe oh. so-and-so, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe have some of these other young guns try to come up here and beat the old guys.
2: So pick one, older rider and one newer rider that you didn't see in this fight club that you want to see for fight club 2.0 i want to hear your picks i can only
0: i can only pick one
2: one older one Man, newer.
0: come on i want two i want two older okay two older okay i'll go ahead i'm gonna go ahead and throw out ronnie jones uh-huh and maybe that would be one one that's gonna shock you maybe is steve moorhead
2: Ooh. moorhead is still in
0: really good shape he jumped on his xr at lima and did a little exhibition just for, for a special reason but Moorhead I think can still get around the racetrack especially on a two stroke like that and he's raced those in the past I raced against him when he rode an Osa and he had some mechanical difficulties or he probably was spanked my butt but I ended up winning that night but I'd love to see Moorhead I'd love to see Ronnie Jones, Ryan Jones is really fast on a two stroke, uh, you know probably Boltaco as well but uh, as far as young guys, man, I don't I don't know um, Carver has to be in there Okay, if I get to pick two, I'll say Carver and Fisher, you know. Ooh, uh, Fisher would be a good one. I don't know if Fisher's ever ridden one either, but there's so many of them to pick. I mean, Bandicoid would be fun to watch because he, he rides. You know, he really rides it, and he's not scared to go look for another line. Another guy, not scared to look for a line, Mishler. I don't know how Morgan Mishler's ever ridden a two-stroke. I mean, right. that's even stepping to the AFT singles class. So I just don't know what the qualifications are, but... You know, um,
2: well, this, is, this is a good question. What if Coolbeth was in it? Would he be one of the old guys or one of the newer guys?
0: He, he'd be he'd have to be an older guy because he's retired from the sport. Fair I mean, enough. He's retired from competition. So, yeah, he would be one of the older guys. He's a multi-time champion. Yeah. He's got plenty of wins, so he would be one of the old guys. So, uh, yeah, maybe they could replace a couple of old guys and, and a couple of new guys or... You know, replace all of them, but me, you know, I, I mean, there's so many options and that's what's cool about it
2: Well, and that's what's really cool too is when you start something new like this It is wide open and you can make it whatever you want. They could do a completely different event next time Um, and and that's the beauty of it Like I, and I think there there definitely should be more like this and I love to see the riders new and old Going out there and, and put helping put on an event like this Uh for the fans, especially during the time like during the whole quarantine and it's it's really cool to see
0: I do have one request what's that carter and dubler get to go
2: <laughs> i texted rhymer man i saw the first lap immediately after the first lap i texted rhymer i was, i want in how can i help where do i go what do i do i i'm i'm in call me i'm i'm down and, and you announcing it would be badass i, I like the guy that was there he seemed pretty good but nobody can hold a candle to scotty dubler on the mic
0: well Well I appreciate that. But you know, for stepping into a new sport that he's never announced before, I thought he did good. He didn't know the stats, he didn't know all the history, but he knew enough to get by. Absolutely. I mean, I thought he did a good job.
2: No, it was great. And dude, hats off to the crew. I I know that there was a lot of people saying that that it was it was tough to watch or the audio and the like those elements you and I have lived in that right like there's always those issues that are going to come up no matter what level of broadcast you're at the fact that they were able to put on events start to finish and stream most of it uh, to the interwebs uh, hats off to anybody on the flat track fight club crew hell of a job guys
0: yeah especially you know they've never done flat track before either exactly. you know everything was new they did bring in a, a producer a friend of mine Brad Jones came in and helped out he knew how kind of had to where to set the cameras up and stuff like that but I mean yeah like you said a new facility not sure how the internet's going to work. You know, all the all the different things. You know, there's a checklist of a million things that could go wrong. And I thought it was great. I mean, yeah, we did have some audio issues, but that's it. You know, it was good.
2: Loved it. Um. Well, I think that's a wrap for this one. You got anything else?
0: No. Just count down the days to get back to the racetrack. Hopefully, it's next weekend at uh, Terre Haute, Indiana, with the All Star National Flat Track Series. But uh, just staying home this weekend, going to take it easy a little bit. And uh, I'd like to say happy birthday to Pa. He's turning 89 on june 13th so this weekend he'll be 89 years young and uh he still rides a motorcycle uh, almost every day and i just hope i can get out of bed when i'm 89 years old so happy birthday to pa and uh carter keep her on four wheels everybody else keep it on two wheels thanks to all of our fans uh smash that like button tell all your friends about our podcast we appreciate it off the groove baby
2: off the groove baby (laughs) all right i'm out i will holler we'll do this again what next week Every Friday. Every Friday. All right. Every every Friday. We'll be back next Friday then. See ya. Bye. Peace. Later. See ya.
0: man all right i'm going on mute let's let's do this get it done